You are listening to the CX America's Desk to Desk podcast. I'm your host, Marie. From my desk to yours, we're building bridges across Cisco and across CX Americas. Join me as we strengthen proximity, amplify voices, and have a great time. Grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and let's get into it. Hispanic Heritage Month is celebrated from September 15th to October 15th, and it's a time to honor the cultures and contributions of Hispanic and Latino Americans. This month-long celebration allows us to recognize the diversity of our communities and appreciate the richness of our different backgrounds. Today, we are joined by two of Cisco's CX Americas leaders, Maurice Dupas and Danilo Poza who are here to help us celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month and share their stories and backgrounds with us. By recognizing the contributions of these cultures, we can build a more inclusive and welcoming community that celebrates diversity and promotes equality. So let's dive right in and welcome Maurice and Danilo to the podcast today. Danilo, thank you so much for joining us today here on the podcast. As we get started, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your role here at Cisco? Well, first of all, thank you, Marie, very much for the opportunity. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, to be honest with you, and be here with Maurice and, and yourself. So uh, my name is Danilo Pozo. I have uh, lived in the United States for, for over 40 years. Uh, I originally come from a country called Nicaragua in Central America, and uh, I've been with Cisco 22 years. So it's been it's been a while since I wear the badge of Cisco. Um, I did many roles in Cisco, uh, from uh, inside sales uh, account manager to a channel account manager to a product account manager, services sales and services leader, and now uh, for the last five plus years, I've been uh, leading CX. First for Latin America for for the first five years, and and recently I moved into the U.S. commercial um, leadership for CX. Great, thank you, and thank you for being here. And we're lucky to have you as part of the CX Americas family. So thanks for joining us, Maurice. Over to you. So glad you're able to be here with us today as well. Before we dive into our questions, would you mind introducing yourself to the desk to desk audience? Thanks, Marie. And uh, to mirror what Danilo was talking about, uh, thank you for having this and for inviting both of us to this session. Definitely looking forward to sharing some of our experiences with everybody today. But for myself, uh, my name is Maurice Dupas. I've been at Cisco 14 years. Uh, I've had several roles and I've been blessed uh, to have several roles within Cisco always within the services or CX side of the house. It's really where my career has done. I've been doing that for the past 30 plus years. I completely enjoy doing that and the work that we get to do with our customers and how we actually get to help them. You know, today I have the privilege of leading our U.S. public sector business, uh, being able to work with all of our federal government customers, uh, inclusive of all of our state governments and only local municipalities, school systems, universities, uh, it's a great clientele, and we have a motto within our team is uh, we serve those that serve others, and it's something that we take very serious within public sector. But it's uh, very happy to be here and looking forward to the conversation. 
Great. Thanks, Maurice. We're going to dive right in. This week, we're talking about Hispanic Heritage Month. And so we're going to uh, ask Maurice and Danilo a little bit about their background. So Danilo, I'm going to send the first question over to you. We know that the importance of family and community are cornerstones of Hispanic culture. In what ways has that shaped and influenced your leadership style? Well, um, first of all, that's a great question. And I think, um, you know, if I go back to the beginning in my life, you know, you look at people that you look up to, you know, are the role models for you. Uh, As I mentioned in my first first question, I, I come from Nicaragua and I lived in the States for 40 years. And that happened because we were forced out of our country. We were we, we had to leave our country because of uh, communism coming into Nicaragua. And what that did was to force my father, who's my role model, who's my hero, to change his life completely for, for, for his family. Uh, my father's a psychiatrist, and he left his, uh, his license and his medical practice and started brand new again. After working for so many years to, like, come, to get to his goals, he had to leave him behind and come into a country and just do anything, right? So, but one of the great things that we had as a family was build a mission, build a mission around him to make sure that he will become the person that he was and the professional that he was in the past. It took us and it took him 10 years of working to make sure that he will get to the point where he wanted to get. And I think that's what what, what we do as what we did as a family. And it's it's all about consistency. It was all about believing about how do you deal with adversity and how do you become not just an individual, but as a family overall to accomplish one mission. And, and I am blessed uh, to have had that opportunity and to see it in my house, those long nights and those tears that we had and those miles that we had at the same time to make sure that we accomplished uh, the goal that he had and that we had as a family. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's a, a really powerful example of resilience and just coming together as a family for that common goal. And, and thank you for sharing that with us. Maurice, how has your Hispanic background shaped your approach to leadership and building relationships with your team members? You know, I think that um, it absolutely has. Um, I am first generation. So unlike with Danilo, where he immigrated, my parents immigrated to the U.S. Uh, I wasn't born yet. I was actually born in the U.S. Uh, but I saw they came over with a three-year-old. Uh, and I saw what they went through and I, and I think about their story. So they came over in the late sixties, uh, during the Vietnam war era that was happening in the U S uh, for a lot of the same reasons, right? Things that were happening. They came from Argentina, the things that have were difficult at that time. They wanted to be able to go to a, a location and country that gave their children, right? My brother was the only one alive, better opportunity, better opportunity for themselves. Uh, but came over not knowing a word of English, came over not understanding or realizing what they were going to walk into. They just came over for a promise. And I think that story is very common for all immigrants who come to this country. And one of the one of the draws that brings immigrants to this country is the art of the possible. And what is it that they can actually achieve here? And that hard work does pay off. So thinking back in my life, I, I grew up watching very similar uh, stories, the work that both my parents put in to be successful. I watched my, my mom go through eight years of university because she had to do it part time to become an accountant. 
uh, even though when leaving Argentina, she already had a degree and she was a teacher uh, in both chemistry and physics. But it wasn't honored when, when it came to the U.S. and especially didn't learn language, watching them learn the language. <clears throat> you know, when I talk to my parents and I'm lucky enough that both of them are, are still with me, you know, they speak to me in Spanish. Right. And I am the, the normal first generation son and I respond in English. Um, but it it does instill a work ethic and a dedication and a love for family, a love for everything that's around you and to truly appreciate everything you have. You know, I've, I've been blessed. And I think Danilo would say the same thing. We've been blessed in our lives. We've been blessed with the opportunity that we have been given and we have been blessed with the work ethic, the drive that our parents have instilled in us to make sure that it was successful. And I think that drives me, right? That drives me in everything that I do. It drives me in making sure and helping others be successful. It drives me in not taking for granted, you know, what life has given and how quickly it can disappear. Yeah, and, and I still have family in Argentina. I still see what they are going through. I still see, you know, all of, all of South America, Central America, um, I do travel down there as often as possible. Uh, they're still awful of love and happiness and all the things, but it's not, they don't have the same opportunity that we have. I guess what I'm trying to say. And I don't take that for granted. It's a way that I live my life every day. And it's a way that hopefully I'm trying to raise my kids, you know, to kind of appreciate the same thing. I would tell you it's, uh, and I don't know, Daniela, if you've, if you've ever thought about this, I'm sure you have. I remember when my first child was born, my daughter, and thinking back about how my parents instilled the the drive in me and the appreciation of life. Uh, and a lot of that was just shown, right? Because the, it wasn't easy, right? Saw both of them working, the hours they put in. Uh, we didn't have everything that, you know, everything we needed, right? But you could see we weren't as well off as everybody else, but that never mattered. How do you instill that in your children? Yeah. Right? Because with the success that we've had, right, and with the opportunities that we now have get, been given and, and earned, but now we're able to offer so much more, right? But how do you now make sure that our children have the same experience and come out with the same appreciation uh, to life, the same appreciation to work, the same appreciation to family? It is something that I thought about over the, my my daughter's 24, my son is 20, and it's something that I have been thinking about every day for the last 24 years. So, yes, it's made a big impact in my life. Yeah. And if I could just add a little bit of what Maurice is saying, um, it is great to see how examples of when you're actually living through it. And it's it's emotional to talk here with Maurice, talk about his his parents on the air front and how they how he saw everything that they were going through for them. I also look back and, you know, sometimes you, you, you say it's incredible how a parent gives everything for their kids to make sure that they have the opportunity. Um, and I always look back and I say the best thing that could have ever happen to us is to be poor. Because that would install that that allow us to appreciate what this country really is. Nobody gave our parents absolutely anything. I, I often talk to my dad, I says, the government ever tell you a dollar? He goes, no, the government gave me the opportunity to work. And that's all I needed. 
to have the opportunity to work hard so that I can accomplish the dreams that I have for us. And I, and I think that's something that sometimes we don't look at that, that as Maurice talks about opportunities, many of our countries, you just don't have that. You know, some, some families have a lot and some of them don't have anything. In this wonderful country of us, we have the chance to continue to grow depending on the drive that you have. And, and, it's, and Maurice is absolutely right. How do you put that into your kids to get to that adversity to see you keep on fighting and you never give up? I love it. I hear from both of you, I hear that an immense amount of fortitude and and perseverance and also passion um, and love for family. And, and to call Maurice out a little bit, I have heard him say that he works uh, at Cisco, but he works for his family, right? So when someone asks him who he works for, it's for his family. And that's where it comes from. I work at Cisco. But I do it for my family, and I, and I love that, and I hear that uh, reflected in, in both of your comments. So, Danilo, coming over to you with our next question, has your cultural background, has it ever presented challenges for you as a leader um, and in different leadership roles? And if so, how have you overcome those? I, honestly, I don't think so. I always, um, I think that, uh, you know, if you listen to Maurice and, and, and everybody that has a Hispanic or any other background, you're very proud of where you come from and whatever you took from that. Um, and I think that that you bring that uh, and you, you put it the best way you can to make sure that all the lessons you learn are part of your leadership style, right? Or leadership mm -hmm. skills that you develop, right? I think leadership is about people. I mean, and, and, and to me, it's not about a number, it's about names, you know, I always, people ask me what legacy you want to leave when you leave a company like Cisco. And it says, it never has a number. And we talk about numbers every single day. It always has a name and a last name. What were you able to do for your customers? What were you able to do for your partners? But most important, what were you able to do for your team to make sure that they excel to where you want to be, where they want to be? And what tools were you able to, to allow them to learn? And what else did you learn from them? Because it's not always about people. People think that because you're a leader, you learn from, they learn from you. I often learn from my team a lot more than when they learn from me. So I think that uh, my background, what, what it has done is to, from the beginning, as Maurice mentioned, his parents didn't know the language. Well, I didn't know the language. When I came to this country at 12 years old, all I knew how to say is yes. And you have to be careful what you ask me because I would have said yes. So uh, it would have been, you know, God knows what I what I say yes to in, in those life in that time. And I do remember being in eighth grade and listening to my science teacher and and asked me a question. I had no idea what he was asking me. And and I do remember me saying in broken English once that says one day I'll be your best student. Um, I don't think I was his best student, but it was something that I that it took me is just I have to lead. I have to be the first one. I have to be the one that actually achieves the goals. Nobody's going to give me anything. So that's shaping me to the role that I have today. I do believe that this wonderful company gives you a lot of tools, but it's up to us to make sure that we utilize those tools to, to go where we want to go to achieve the goals that we want to achieve. So uh, I, I, those tools are the ones that I try to make sure that we'll build that culture within our organization. Culture will always be talent. We can have a lot of talent in our organization, but if we build that culture that we can win, that we are already big, we are big. I tell my team all the time, and I told my Latin team, and I tell my U.S. commercial team now is, think that you're big because you already are big. 
we are not little. We've never been little. And I'm sure that Maurice and in the U.S. public sector does the same thing. We have a smaller accounts, medium accounts, large accounts. But our teams are big because we're transforming where we are to where we want to be. And I think my culture allows me to do that. And the trajectory that we had as a family allows me to see the possibility. So um, we're, 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 I'm very blessed to have this opportunity because I learned to, you know, I learned, I learned from my peers and I have one of my great peers work, talking to me right now. And, and, and I always look at, at people like Maurice and said, what else can I learn? And I think that comes from my background to always say you have to learn something new every day, because if you don't learn something new that day, it was not really a good day. Yeah, I would echo a lot of what Danilo just said. I never viewed it as a challenge. You know, I, I bet you if I think about it, there were probably instances that that it came up. But to me, it was a blessing. Um, you know, I, I remember having to be in elementary school and going to special classes to, to teach me how to speak English uh, and to go to special classes to take my accent away. Right. To, to, so that I wouldn't speak with an accent. Well, that was the 70s, right? And that's kind of what it what it was like. I did see some hardship that my parents went through and some uh, areas that you would call potentially discrimination, you know, that they were actually feeling that made me very sensitive to it. But I think what it also did is it opened me up. It opened me up to really enjoy the different cultures. You know, there are things that I absolutely love about my Hispanic culture and I have learned you know, through my life, even the differences between the countries right? and how to enjoy the differences, even within the countries, even though we use a term like Hispanic as a, as a large umbrella term, culturally, there's a lot of differences, you know, there's some uh, between the different countries and, and to be able to enjoy that and, and relish in that. It's also taught me, and if you think about leadership, it's taught me to actually truly listen to and under, try to understand the difference in perspective and points of view. Because culturally, people have been raised a little bit different and their perspective and point of view as to how they see a specific problem or how they see a specific situation doesn't necessarily mean that they're right or you're wrong or any one point of view is stronger than the other, but just the realization that there are different points of view. And those points of view are defined based on your past, based on what you have seen and being able to have seen and lived, you know, multiple areas and, and experience that to me, it's been a blessing. I think it's made me a stronger person and I think it's made me a better leader, you know, overall. And I have seen that, uh, uh, I can, Danielle is another perfect example, right? Of somebody who's been able to learn and take all of his history and everything that he has learned and has grown up with throughout his life and apply it today, you know, to help others. And I think, I like one other thing that Daniel said is, I think this company does give us an enormous amount of opportunities and we're blessed as leaders in this company because we can use those opportunities to help our teams be successful and to help them. I view the teams as not individuals. Every individual on the team is a family and represents a family. So when you're helping an individual, you're not just helping them. You also are helping their entire family be successful. And that to me is uh, is probably the, uh, 
Danielle mentioned legacy. I mean, you can't ask for a better legacy than that, right? If you can, if you can help those and all of those families and lives that we touch, then that is exactly what we want to, what we want to leverage and can leverage, you know, our upbringing to help do. I love that. I love the heart that both of you are, that you, both of you have for people, right? It's, it's not about the numbers. It's not in the day to day. It's not the bottom line. It's how can we take care of our people? And when we take care of our people, those things take care of themselves. The bottom line takes care of itself. We're able to deliver. We're able to innovate because we're taking care of our people. Um, and I, I love, um, hearing how both of your backgrounds have, have shaped that passion and that heart um, for both of you. So Maurice, I'm going to come to you with our next question. And I feel like we've teased this out a little bit in what we've talked about so far, but how has your background led you to prioritize certain values or goals as a leader? And if there are specific values that you would call out that have been influenced um, by your cultural background, what would those be? Wow, that's a really good question. I think I have to think about that one because I, I think it's easy to, or easier to answer a question of kind of what values you know, your life and your upbring, upbringing and your heritage has brought to you. But the word prioritization, right, I think gives, us a, gives you a little bit of a different lens to actually look at it. We have answered it a little bit. Um, prioritization for me and, and the value of it is when when my parents came to the U.S. Uh, and as long as I can remember, right? You know, it was always just the four of us. We had friends. We had you know we had very close friends that I grew up you know calling you know aunt or uncle Dio Dio Dia you know I had first cousins that well I called first cousins but they're really all friends my entire family was in Argentina and so what that did is that build a closeness and a bond you know to this day I you know we still have that bond and that closeness and. And I think that is from a prioritization and value is one of the things that I hold on to. I, I view myself as having two families. You know, I have my family, right, with my with my wife and my two wonderful children and my wife's family and my family and all the relatives that we have. And it's so nice to actually be, have, be part of a larger family growing up with just the four of us. And then I also have my Cisco family. And I, to me, it's just as important. I spend just as much time, if not more time, with the Cisco family than you do with your personal family. And that kind of bondness, that kind of closeness and support is really how I prioritize my value. And, and I guess if I had to put a word on it is, I would say, sacrifice. I grew up with the idea of you know, and I think Daniela would, would agree with this, is just seeing the sacrifice that that was around you all the time, right? And that that whole concept and idea of you're always sacrificing for to make somebody else better, right? It doesn't mean that you're not worrying about yourself. It also doesn't mean that you're not taking care of yourself because you don't do that. You can't take care of anybody. But sacrifice is just part of who I've become and how we're trying to do that. And if there's one thing that I would be able to bestow to my family and to my children would be that, 
If they, you know, the willingness to sacrifice for others, the willingness to uh, help others when needed, and the the willingness to bring those around you and along for the ride and make everybody better. Right? I think that's probably how I would look from a prioritization. And it's, uh, I think it's, it. I don't, I wouldn't say that it is, I would definitely not say that this is unique because my parents were immigrants. I think the uniqueness of it was the circumstances that we found ourselves in. And because it was just the four of us and because we, we became so close and had to rely so close to each other that it just kind of helped shape who I was. If I can add that, I think Marie is right, right on it, right? It's about, it's a sacrifice that gives you something else. You drive something else. But I always saw my parents, right? And I saw how hard they work. But everything started with a dream. You dream to where you want to be. Then the dreams becomes your goal. You know, it's how do you bring that dream to become a goal and to build a plan? And based on that plan, if you follow it, you, can, you get to where you want to get and when you talk about how you how we become leaders, and we always say we, we should never stand with a plan. Because sometimes we go directly to the plan without understanding what our vision is. We start with a dream. I tell my US commercial team right now, we're gonna be the best theater in the world. Is that now the reality or not? I don't know. But we are gonna dream that we're gonna be the best one so we can build a goal and build a plan and execute on that plan. And when I saw my parents. My, my dream of my father getting his license and becoming a medical doctor again in this country, that was always a dream. And that goal had a process. And that process was hard, right? Because I saw my mother walk two miles to work in a supermarket every day and carry bags back. And I saw my father take a security, a security guard job because that's the only job that would allow him to read and study at night. So we can study during the day. That process was very really difficult. And when we talk about transformation in this company, sometimes we look at our plan and look at we're executing our plan. Not every day is a good day, right? But that process is the one that's going to allow us to get to what the dream is allowing us to be. So when Maurice talked about sacrifice, it resonates tremendously because I see my mom getting home with three bags carrying it for two miles because that dream was going to allow us to be in a different place. And guess what? Today we are. Today we're in that dream and we're living it. But we never forget those days because that's the only way we can appreciate where we live today. I, I don't know if I could add anything to that. I think if, if you take those two concepts you know, dream and sacrifice. The two, I think, are very much tied at the hip because you need the two of them together right, to be able to make it a reality. I, I, I think that that was perfectly said uh, as to how and what we've experienced in our lives, what we saw in our lives, and the, uh, the, the ability to overcome is something that I think has been ingrained in, in both of us right, to make sure that that it's also given us the drive, right, to dream and the drive to sacrifice. Absolutely. And I, I love how, like you mentioned, Maurice, that those two things go hand in hand. The dream and the goal, that's what we sacrifice for. What are we sacrificing for if it's not for that dream, for our families, for the things that matter to us? So very powerful. Thank you for sharing. Um, so, Danilo, I have a two-part question for you. The first part is, what does bringing your cultural identity to work and to your leadership style, what does that mean to you? 
And then part two, what would you say to someone who maybe doesn't feel as comfortable sharing about their background or bringing these unique pieces of their identity to who they are in the workplace? What uh, what would you share with them? Well, I think one of the things that we haven't talked about, and, and I think Marie's kind of touched a little bit on it, is um, our background is fun. We have a good time. We want to have a good time. I mean, we have spent a lot of time in this in, in, in our jobs because we love it. But, you know, it's also we have to make it in a way that people want to come to our meetings. They want to come to our calls and they want to make sure that we accomplish it in a better way. So I always bring that with me. I always try to bring that with me. And, and as I mentioned, culture, we I mean, I would say that our culture and, and CX Americas is about that. We always have a good time. You know, when we have meetings, we find a way to laugh We find a way to talk about families and the good things and the bad things we have about, you know, in our families, because that's who we are. We are a family, but we always try to have a good time, have a laugh. And and, and, and as I mentioned earlier, Maurice and I are very good karaoke partners. So um, we, we have a great time around it. Um, and, and, and it's just, what do, I, what do we bring? We, we got to bring ourselves. We got to bring us who we are, right? Um, we, we cannot share your code or try to be somebody that somebody that we're not because people will notice right away. And, and through my trajectory, I have different opportunities. When I first became manager, I remember I thought to myself, man, you got to get serious now, right? Because now you're a manager. People got to respect you. Well, that lasted about a week. Uh, it didn't last too long, to be honest with you, because I wasn't being who I am. I wasn't having that opportunity. I wasn't having fun. And then I realized that the more that people feel comfortable, the more that your culture is light, the more that people become productive. Because then you become somebody that you want to work for. So leadership is about feeling comfortable with who you are. We all have roles. And the and your title is just something that becomes out of the director, to be honest with you. We all have very specific roles and responsibilities, and none of them is more important than the other one, right? So I always tell my team, it doesn't matter what you do in this organization. Your responsibility, your role, it's key. If not, you wouldn't be here. And, and what I would say to people that are not comfortable on kind of sharing some of their, their backgrounds, I think we're all kind of people of different different ways, right? Some people feel comfortable. Maurice and I love kind of having this opportunity. Other people don't. Um, if you don't feel comfortable with sharing some of, 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 of your background, you know, don't do it. But if somebody can learn from what you have lived and you have that opportunity to make it better, share it. Because it's not about you. It's about who you help based on the experiences you have. And, and I always said, you don't really want, you know, Maurice talked about our kids. Now, how do they create adversity? And it's very hard, right? I don't want my kids to really go through what I went through. And, it's, and as I mentioned, it's probably the best thing that happened to me is being poor and having those adversities. But I want my kids to understand that life is tough, that you have adversities and you have to overcome it. And this no one's responsibility by yourself to make sure that you drive that in, into your into your achievements and your goals and to your process. So I think share whatever you can because you just never know who you're helping. I love that and and being willing to um, that that's a theme. I feel like for me personally is that when I hear the stories of other people, I feel like I learn so much and I feel so grateful for their willingness and their vulnerability to share authentically who they are. And, and uh, so I, I love that message as well. Thank you, Danilo. So Maurice, I have a similar question for you as we get closer to wrapping up today. How did you 
become comfortable owning your background, your cultural identity in the workplace? Has it always come naturally for you? And if not, how did you become more comfortable? That's a really good question that I've been thinking about. I would say that in looking back, I think it's something that I've always been comfortable with. Now, growing up through high school, maybe, maybe not. Right? I mean, I don't know if I can remember that far back in, in, in all seriousness, but you know, I think when I hit the, the professional world and I think college help um, to become more comfortable in my skin as to who I am, what I am, what made me what I am and, and, and share that and share that with others, um, I think that has helped. So I don't know if I've ever had the uncomfortable feeling of doing it. I think what I've learned as I've gotten older and my gray hairs keep on coming in is that there's a lot of value in actively sharing versus waiting to be asked and actively sharing the lessons, actively sharing your insights to help shape and give others different perspectives. You know, one of the things that I try to help everybody on my team who's ever worked for me, they've probably heard me say, you know, when you run into a situation that doesn't necessarily make sense to you as to how people are reacting, and, and people say this all the time, but really think about it from their perspective, really think about it from their point of view. And I think that is something that embracing kind of who I was and bringing multiple perspectives to the table has helped me. I would like to also comment on, even though you didn't ask, but the question that you asked, Anil, around for those who may be finding it difficult, right, to share that. Different organizations are different. You will always find different, uh, be in different situations. And you have to do what you think is best that you're comfortable with. But for those of you that are listening that happen to be working for Cisco, we are lucky that, and I would encourage that you're in an organization that wants to hear it and that you're in an organization that is giving you the safe space to be who you are and celebrate who you are so that we can all learn from you. So if you're listening to this and you are in Cisco, I would encourage that you do it. And, and if, there are, if there is a little bit of fear as to how people will react as to who you are or your background, um, try to leave that, right? Try to put that aside and there is a safe space here. And I, I highly encourage everybody on the team to do that. And we celebrate, you know, we're celebrating Hispanic month right now as we're having this conversation, but you think about all of the different groups that we do celebrate within Cisco, I think is part of the power of who we are. I love the the culture that we have of being able to celebrate all of who people are um, in the workplace. And, and so I appreciate that message as well. So we have a couple of minutes left, but we could not wrap up the show without asking you both about your karaoke repertoire. What are the go-to songs for Maurice and Danilo? What kind of performances are we putting on? When can, wh where are tickets sold? Tell us, tell us I more. Tell you what, <laughs> I think Maurice, if I'm not mistaken, and I think it goes right with what we're talking about, we sang Don't Stop Believing. 
That's the song that we went to. Uh, and I think based on that, I tell you what, if I want, if I went just close with this, because I just thought about when I look at Cisco as I look at when we came to this country, we came to this country with an opportunity to come to the best country in the world where we knew it was going to be hard, where we knew it was going to be tough, but, but we had the chance to do it. So we came to the best country in the world. I do believe that Cisco is the best company in the world that we have the same opportunities we have, that is diverse enough. If I look at my organization, I see Maria Martinez, right? Obviously, you know, I, I, you know, it's Harry and it's Alistair, but Maria came and it's also Hispanic. And I'm very proud of that, right? And Alvi was also here with us. And there's so many Hispanics. This opportunity gives us Hispanics the chance to grow because of the talent you have. Not because of how you look like, not because of how you dress or how you do things. It's just because what talent and what you're going to make sure that you bring to our transformation to the company we have. So I say that be proud to live in this wonderful place that we call the United States and be proud of the company that we work for because it is the best company in the world. And I'm extremely proud. It's just like Maurice has his shirt on. I got to get my Cisco shirt on. I love when people ask me, hey, you work for Cisco? And it's like, where are you college, your college shirt? Yes, I do work for Cisco. Yeah, I would say that when it comes to uh, the karaoke, I think you're right. That was the song. I think I think we did New York, New York as well. I think that was that. The, that yeah, we got it. That, that was one of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think, that, we, I think were that was few, there were a few, Marie. We went to a few songs because you know <laughs> we we were having a great time. Yes, and I do what? think that Daniel and I talked about it on the side, and we're trying to see if you know maybe we can get a little side hustle going on, you know, <laughs> and see if we can make some money doing that. You know what what made it work so well is that the the DJ never turned off the actual real singing, so this way you didn't really have to hear us that much. So it worked out pretty well. Um, but I think Daniel summarized it great. Uh, I don't know how and what I could add to that. Um, I just think that for everybody who is listening, you know, take advantage of every opportunity that's given to you. Right, uh, help those around you. I'm, I will leave it with this. I am a firm, firm believer of what goes around comes around. And the more goodwill, the more help you put into the system, the more it comes back at you. And I have seen that time and time and time again through my life, through my career, that the more you put in, the more that you get out of it. And so a lot of times when you get it is when you either most need it or when you least expect it. But without any of that, I don't think I would be where I am today. Uh, but take advantage of where you are. Uh, for those of you at Cisco, take advantage of the opportunities that this company brings all of us and uh, be proud of who you are as an individual. And I think that's that that would be kind of my closing thought. Thank you, Maurice. And, and I don't think there's anything that I could add to that. We're going to be on the lookout for a Danilo and Maurice mixtape. And I don't think there's a better theme song for everything that we talked about today than Don't Stop Believing. Um, and, and what a powerful message um, to wrap up on. And, and again, thank you so much to both of you for being here, for sharing your experiences um, here on the podcast today. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. I'm not sure if any guests on the podcast have had as much fun as Maurice and Danilo, and I'm so thankful that they were willing to share their stories, heritage, and background with us today. Thank you for listening to the CX America's Desk to Desk podcast. 
We hope you enjoyed today's program. Tune in next time as we continue to build bridges and create meaningful connection. From my desk to yours, I hope to see you back soon.